0: you stand with me this is uh graduation night so we have some that are out for graduations and uh and then some may have already started their summer vacation i don't know but i'm glad you're here why don't you just turn to two or three people and smile and give them a wave if you don't feel like shaking hands at least let them know you're glad to see them in the house of the lord Amen, brother Ethan had a wreck today, and so they are not having youth class. We want to pray for him. Uh, he is hurt. He's not in the hospital, but he's bummed up, and he certainly would appreciate our prayers. Let's pray for Sister Marlene. Had uh, the funeral of her uh, dad this afternoon, and I know the family would appreciate that. Sister Rogers, Brother Twinnier, so many others that need a touch from God tonight. We begin our class. Let's just take a moment and ask the Lord to help us. Father, we love you tonight and thank you for your goodness and mercy. Thank you, Lord, today for all that you have done in our lives.
1: And we thank you for your grace Lord, we come to ask that you would lay your hand upon those in our church family that are suffering tonight. We pray for healing. We pray, Lord, for your mercies and grace to be extended. We pray, God, that your blessings will be upon those who have suffered loss. I'm asking you today to be the God of all comfort. And I pray that you will strengthen your people and help us, Lord, To live soberly and godly and righteously before you in this crooked age. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. God bless you. I need you to act like you're three people tonight. Me, myself, and I come to church. All right? Praise God. All right. God bless you. You can be seated. We are continuing our series um,
0: and... It's, it's called Elements, and it basically deals with the building blocks of our spiritual life.
1: I felt it was essential, but I also realized
0: that we are so used to having people preach to us that we don't often do well when we just sit in a teaching environment. And it's so important that we not forsake the teaching Of the Word of God, and that something could be imparted tonight that
1: would underscore and reiterate what you should already know and how we should already uh, be living. Uh, Last week, Brother Landon did such a capable job of
0: uh, presenting uh, a lesson about the uniqueness of our God and that He is holy. And in that
1: role of his holiness the way that we respond to him and the way that we serve him uh, is going to be influenced and affected and as children of his we are called to be holy first peter chapter 1 verses 15 and 16 said but as he which hath called you is holy so be ye holy in all manner of conversation because it is written, be ye holy for I am holy. I love the passion translation. It said, as God's obedient children, never again shape your lives by the desires that you followed when you didn't know better. Instead, Shape your lives to become like the holy one who called you. For Scripture says you are to be holy because I am holy. First Thessalonians four and seven said, For as God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. This call to Holiness is a separating of ourselves unto him, and I believe that must be foremost in our thinking when we think of separation. It's not about rules and laws and legalistic thinking, but it is about separating ourselves unto him. But that does not involve the totality of it. It also involves me separating myself from things that are unlike him. And so tonight, we want to expand on that subject and explore uh, our call to holiness and separation. And in particular, we want to talk about the process that Uh, God takes us through Uh, and there are certain terms that are used in scripture that describe this process that is involved in this abandoning of our old way of life and embracing a new way of life, submitting ourselves to God and that process that scripture refers to of bringing us into this Life of holiness is called sanctification. And it's a word we don't hear very much anymore, but it is very much a part of New Testament scripture. And it is very much a part of the life of a child of God. First Thessalonians four and three said, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification. That you should abstain from fornication. And he goes on to name other sins and immoralities and ungodly acts and deeds. But the reason that we live the way that we live is because we have been called to be different. 1 Peter 1 and 2 said sanctify yourself or set yourself apart as being holy. The result of this setting apart is what we would call holiness. And holiness and sanctification in scripture are often interchangeable. So as a child of God we are called to separate ourselves from sin and from the former lifestyle that we live. Because we have found a better way to live a new life in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 said, for if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. There's a wonderful type of this separation that is seen in the Old Testament story of Abraham. And if you go back to Genesis chapter 12, you can pick up at the first verse when God calls Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldees, his homeland. It was a land of extreme idolatry. And God singled Abraham out and said, I'm calling you and I want you to separate yourself from your people. I want you to come and walk with me and I'm gonna take you into a new way of life. I'm gonna take you into a promised land I am going to bless you. I'm going to multiply you. And so he becomes a living example of what this separating or this embracing of a new life looks like. It involves leaving behind former things. And in that life, it involves not only The way that we live, but the way that we act and the way that we talk. And we're going to discover as we go through the lesson tonight that God was so careful when he gave Israel his law that it would regulate and it would involve every aspect of their lives from the sowing of their seed to the, the, the putting together of their garments, all of this was for a reason because now they are a unique people. They are a called out people and they should bear the mark of the one who has called them out. And so leaving this old life and embracing a new life is what Abraham shows us and when he obeyed and he followed the Lord, the Lord blessed him. And this man would become known as the father of the faithful. He would be called the friend of God. And all of that was made possible because of his willingness to separate himself from his old life. He walked away from idolatry. He even walked away from family. Now I'm not saying that when you come to God you have to leave your family behind. But if your family is not serving God, your family is going to look at you in a strange way at times because you are not communicating with them in the way that you once did. Now the interesting thing to me is that even when Abraham was called out of Ur of the Chaldees to walk with God and to follow the Lord, he left the old life, but he still tried to take a little bit of that old life with him. His name was Lot. And remember what happened later on down the road? That Lot was with Abraham and they, 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 there was this contention And I think it's a great example that when God calls us out, he calls us out. And if you try to bring a little bit of that world with you, there's going to come a point in time when there's going to be conflict. And there was for Abraham. And uh, it will be no different for you and I that when God calls us out, the best thing to do is... Let go of those things and start reaching for greater things. And casting off the old habits and attitudes and associations is not always an easy thing to do. Our old friends and even family may not understand the changes that are taking place in our life. That doesn't mean that we should be rude Or ugly to them. But understand that when you begin to walk in this newness of life. Not everybody is going to understand why you are doing that. And so it is important for us to know tonight. That the reason that we do what we do. Is because of the holiness of God. It all begins there. It doesn't begin in a church manual. It doesn't begin in an organizational requirement. This idea of holiness and separation is a God thing. We understand why it is important to live this way when we understand God better and we know from Scripture that God is holy and if you read from Exodus to eternity, you will find reiterated over and over again the emphasis on the holiness, the separateness, the uniqueness, the, the unlike any other that God is. And he is not going to ever be like anyone else. He is holy. That fact is reiterated over And over and over, unique, separated, set apart. There's no one like him. Isaiah said it like this. To whom then will you liken me? Or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Jeremiah 10, 6 said, For as much as there is none likened to me, O Lord, Thou art great and thy name is great in might. God's holiness or his separateness undergirds so many of the commandments. And when you look at Exodus 20, you will find that underneath the the undercurrent of all of those things that God asks of man and speaks to him has to do with God's holiness. God's inherent holiness was going to affect every part of Israel's existence. And if you read Leviticus and, and, and you read through uh, the, the the book of Deuteronomy, you will find that God talked to them about their diet. He talked to them about their clothing. He talked to them about their farming. He talked ...to them about every aspect of their life. What you will find when you read the passages in those books... ...is that God alone reserves the right to declare... ...what did and did not reflect his holiness. That is so important for you and I to consider and remember... That this has nothing to do with a denominational preference. That what we do as, as, as people of God is not because a church manual dictated that I should live that way. But it reflects all the way to God. And God alone reserves the right to say this is holy. That is not holy. This is clean that is not clean and it is important that you and i be able to differentiate between the two of them ezekiel 44:23 said it like this and they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the profane and cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean Scripture stresses the importance of you and I being able to discern between that which is holy and that which is profane. God's holiness is not an Old Testament issue. It is a New Testament fact as well. And I don't have time to go into all of those things that we've already talked about. But we are to, we are called to Resemble the one who has given us new life. And that new life is what inspires us to live the way we live. And as children of His, we should reflect Him. I would hope that any child that you have birthed would reflect you. It would be uncommon, it would be unnatural. For you to give birth to a monkey or you to give birth to an elephant. Why? Because we bring forth after our kind. So what we give birth to is going to look like us and resemble us. And we often say of our children, they look just like their mother. They look just like their dad. Why? Because there is that family resemblance. And as a child of God, there should be that same kind of reflection in our life that would identify us as one of his children. And if that identification is missing, then we've got something to work on. Now, this is interesting to me. I know a lot of people teach that holiness is something that God does for you. But if you read the scripture, the scripture says, be ye holy. That is my responsibility to separate myself. God's not going to make me. He's not going to force me. He's not going to put a ring around my neck and pull me out of that. He is going to fill me with his spirit, which is a semblance of him. It is a reflection of him. And he is going to put a responsibility on me. Now, it's up to you. You must learn how to differentiate between the holy and the profane. The clean and the unclean. And as children of God, we should reflect his image. And because of my relationship to him, I am called to holiness because he is a holy God, to be like him, amen means to recognize that He is holy, and I am committing myself to a life of separation and pursuit of that holiness, Romans chapter six and verse number twenty through twenty three If you uh, have that passage I, I i didn't give it to them, but i want to I want to take you to that really quickly. Uh, it's in the message translation as well. And so uh, you you may not have that translation. Hopefully they can get it up. But Romans chapter six, and uh, let me see. I think it's verse, what is that verse? Verse 20? Uh, Yes, verse 20 down through verse 23. Can you put that up? Romans chapter six, verse 20 through 23 in the message translation. It just gives me a a little clearer picture of what I'm I'm, I'm understanding. Uh, Amen. Is it up? All right. As long as you did what you felt like doing, and that was ignoring God, you didn't have to bother with right thinking or right living or right anything for that matter. But do you call that a free life? What did you get out of it? Nothing you're proud of now. Where did it get you? A dead end. Next verse. But now that you found you don't have to listen to sin tell you what to do and have discovered the delight of listening to God telling you, what a surprise. A whole, healed, put-together life right now with more and more of life on the way. Work hard for sin your whole life and your pension is death. But God's gift is real life, eternal life, delivered by Jesus our Master. And that life is not in the future, but it is also in the now. I love The way that that reads. Being free from sin so that I can live unto God is the great uh, miracle of, uh, of the new birth. And righteousness and holiness are born of a purpose. God did it for a reason. And our call to holiness, listen to me very carefully. Our call to holiness should never be viewed as a negative or legalistic idea. As a matter of fact, holiness or separation should never be viewed in any negative connotation. Don't let the world try to throw that on you. The fact is that holiness is the most positive thing that you can do in life because holiness is is helping you to live up to your potential instead of down to your lowest nature as sin would take you. And so to me, holiness is not a negative thing. It's not a burden. It's not a weight it's not as many people try to throw off it's not a legalism it's not bondage it's liberty because there is in every one of us that imprint of God and though sin smeared that and brought ugliness to that there was still that imprint there and when God came to do the work of restoration and redemption He brought us to the place where he could again reveal himself in us and help lift us up and show us what our real potential really is. And when you live godly, when you separate yourself unto him, And you look to him for your direction and him for your values and him for the things that you will live your life by. You're not living down and you are not being burdened and you are not being uh, put in bondage. But you are actually living the best life you can live because it is a positive thing to live a godly overcoming life. Because you are living up to your potential. Amen. Are you thankful that God's given you that opportunity to do that? Praise God. I get tired of hearing people talk down about all of that. And uh, I think we as the children of God need to stand up and say, hey, you got the wrong idea about what holiness is. Amen. It's not a Pentecostal legalism it's not a church uh, requirement it is an expectation that God has of all of us that we all have the capacity to live in that way and we are products of the Holy Ghost we are birthed by the Holy Ghost so shouldn't we show semblance of something holy in our life if we're born of him we should This holy God resides in us according to 2 Corinthians 1 and 22. And it's only natural that when this holy God comes into our hearts, it should affect the way we think. It should affect the way we speak. It should affect the way we act. It should affect the way we live. Amen. I had somebody say something one day that was off color. They said, Excuse my French. I said, that's not French. That's just pure cursing. And that does not go along with a godly overcoming life. And I I, I hate to say it, but there even are, are some places that teach that it doesn't make any matter to God that you talk that way or not. Well, my Bible reads much differently than that, and it talks about my conversation, and I understand that's more than just my vocabulary, but it does involve my vocabulary. 1 Peter chapter 115 said, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy. That is on me. That is my responsibility To be holy in all manner of conversation. The word conversation means lifestyle. And it involves not just what I say, but the way I live, the way I dress, the way I carry myself. Because the God who lives in us is holy. You and I should pursue a holy lifestyle in all that we do. No part of our life. Listen to me. No part of my life is exempt from God's holiness. We can't bring our lot along with us and say, well, you know, he's just a nephew because that's going to cause conflict down the road. God gave instructions to Israel for practically every part of their daily existence. It included instructions from marriage to money on how they were to conduct themselves. Why? Because God said as a holy God I reserve the right to determine what is clean and what is unclean. What is holy and what is unholy. The New Testament goes even further and talks about not just marriage and money and clothing. But it talks about communication and Oh, attitudes. Yeah, attitudes and personal appearance, how we look. Sometimes what we call holiness is really modesty. And modesty is still in the word. And modesty should still be a part of the life of a child of God. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 16, God calls us his children. And he expects his children to resemble him and to reflect him. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 10, he tells me that correction in my life is for the purpose of allowing us to be partakers of his holiness. When I do something that violates the principle and God brings about correction in my life. It is not so he can be mean and vile and ugly, but it is because he is trying to groom me into his holiness. Romans 6 and 18, Paul calls us servants of righteousness. And as a servant, a servant is bound to do what his master bids him. Romans chapter 8 and verse 19 talks about us submitting to this result in holiness. So when I live this life, it is obviously going to put me at odds with the world in which I live. First Peter chapter 2, 11 and 12 said, "Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain. That means, Stay away from. Don't be involved in. Fleshly lust which war against the soul. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles. Your lifestyle. That whereas they speak against you as evildoers. They may by your good works which they shall behold glorify God in the day of visitation. Being holy. And living a holy, godly life is going to put me in conflict with the world in which I live. So, I just understand that. I don't have to worry about it. I'm not worried about it. I don't expect them to understand until they come to the understanding that I have. But... I'm not going to be mean and I'm not going to be ugly and I'm not going to push them away. I'm going to try to do what the scripture says. I'm going to try to allow God to be seen in me so that there will be something that will attract them to this kind of life that we draw close to him and that in drawing close to him we will reflect him more clearly. And in doing such We're not going to fit in with the world. And so my walk of faith is going to be at odds with the the culture around me. That's okay. I'm okay with that. You should be okay with that. Don't worry about fitting in. It's not your job to fit in. It is your job to reflect Him. And the world needs some reflection right now because they are being blinded by a light of deceit. And things that are leading them to destruction. And there needs to be a light somewhere that is reflected in the world. And so as a result of this, I am going to dress differently. I'm going to act differently. I am going to talk differently. I am going to conduct myself according to certain principles. And and and, and in doing these things... I am going to do them, not because I am forced to, but because I want to live in obedience to Him. As you and I pursue a godly life, the world around us will not understand, but God will be glorified. My new identity is that I am called to be a saint That's a word that has been so misused in our culture that we often fear using it. But it is a biblical term. And it simply speaks of someone sanctified and set apart to follow God. So you as a follower of God are considered a saint according to the word of God. You have been set apart, sanctified to follow God. And this new identity is going to affect the way that you live. My old lifestyle no longer defines me. Just as Abraham's old life uh, did not define him any longer. As a matter of fact, God even changed his name to Abraham from Abram. And in doing so, again reiterated how wonderful the work of God is in our life. To translate us and change us into his purpose. Listen to how Simon Peter describes what I'm talking about. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 5. You are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. Reading from the New Living Translation. What's more you are his holy priest. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer sacrificial sacrifices that please God. For you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. And so what are the spiritual sacrifices That we offer unto God. It is my life. Romans 12 and 1 said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies holy, acceptable unto God, your reasonable service. So, how do we become all of these things for Him? It begins with the transforming of our mind and our thinking. Because as a child of God, every day I'm going to make choices. I'm going to make decisions. I'm going to use language. I'm going to do actions and deeds that are going to reflect a different modus of operation. I'm going to reflect a different emphasis and a different influence. It begins with that transforming of the mind. And as a believer... You're going to think differently. You're going to act differently. Your choices are not going to be the same. And here's what I want to leave you with tonight. These are some questions that you and I should always ask ourselves before we do something or before we say something. And it would be like this. Number one, what does God's Word say about it? Doesn't matter what the culture says about it. What does God's Word say about it? You know, if you go back to the word, you can get clarity all the time because clarity is given from that word on how we can live every aspect of our life. There's not one area of my life that God's word does not encompass. How I treat people, how I talk to people, how I take care and treat money and blessings and and how I live my life And the principles that I live my life on, all of those things are found in the Word. So when I have a question, is this something that I should do? Or is this something that I shouldn't do? The first thing I need to go to is the book. And I need to find out what does the book say? And then the second thing is that even if the book doesn't address it directly, will this choice I make... Will these words I use, will they honor God or will they dishonor God? And when I ask that, it encompasses everything else. And what I've discovered in the day in which we live is that many people like to live in the gray area. They like to live in the margins. They like to live in that in-between. You know, they're, they, they want to be, but they're not sure. They... They, 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 they want the blessings of God, but they want to hang on to Lot. And they can't understand why conflict keeps showing up in their life. Lot had to be separated. And it's obvious when Lot separated himself what spirit he was of because when he looked up, he picked the well-watered plains of, that, that was headed towards Sodom and Gomorrah. And you know where he wound up and you know what happened to his life. And there's a lot of people that live in this gray area. Well, you know, the Bible doesn't really say. Well, even if it doesn't say, the question you need to ask yourself is does this bring honor to God, or does this choice honor God, or does this decision honor God, or does it dishonor Him? And when we begin to question ourselves in that manner, it makes things much more clear. The the third thing that we should ask is, what does God think about what I'm doing? What What do you think God would think about me saying that? Would I say that if he was physically, visibly present in my life right now? Well, he may not be physically, visibly present but he is invisibly present all the time. And so what does God think about what I'm doing? When we start thinking in these terms, then God's spirit in us begins to guide us into the right direction for our life and our lives will begin to reflect his holiness. The separation of our life It's not because we want to be weird and odd and we just want to stick out and be different. But the difference in our life is because of the difference He has made in our life. And when He has truly made a difference in my life, then I'm going to look to Him for my cue. I'm going to look to Him for my guidance. I'm going to look to Him to the guidelines of my life. Whether it involves my dress, and that's a whole different subject for us to cover and we, we, we need to cover that. But there's a lot of things that come under the issue of modesty. And as a child of God, I should never wear or display anything that brings attention to my flesh or that brings attention to my body. And if it does, then I need to put it off and put something else on. Amen. Another thing you'll find is that there are principles in the word of God that are so clear that when you read them you understand that God was not mincing words when he said it. He called me, he created me to be who I am. The Bible said he created Adam and Eve not Adam and Steve and I know that's offensive in some world cultures but that's, that's in the book God created us unique individuals man and woman I don't need to be confused about who I am or what I am I have been called to honor him in that way and if I do not honor him in that way then i dishonor him and i want to honor him because he has been good to me you and i are to call are are called to be holy simply because he is holy that's the governing guideline don't ever tell somebody well the reason i do this is because my church told me i had to do this the reason i do this is because my god is a holy god And I want to be like Him. The reason I do this is because I want to resemble my family. I want to be like Him. I want to look like Him. I want to talk like Him. I want to act like Him. I want to be like Him. Amen. And when we do, blessings come. And I can tell you right now the most blessed life is the life of obedience. That when God says, thou shalt not, don't sit down and try to figure out how you can. Just don't. It's simple. You don't have to try to figure out, now does that word really mean that? Just accept it. And when you live it, you find that it is the blessed life. I have no regrets for living the way I live. And neither should you. Why? Because the God that I serve is a holy God. He's unique, He's separate, and my life is going to be unique and separate as well. And if I ever get to the place where the world cannot tell me any different than the rest of the world, then I need to work on who I am. I say, and and I'm not just talking about looking at me and saying, well, He looks holy. There's a lot more to being holy than just looking holy. That's the problem with so many of us is that we think holiness has to do with all of the outside and it has nothing to do with the inside and that's the wrong vision of holiness. Holiness, first of all, the proper view of holiness is that it starts on the inside. That's where it begins. It is a spirit. And then that spirit emanates out of my life and becomes visible in my life. But i met a lot of people that were holy on the outside, but they were pretty unclean on the inside. And all it was was a facade and a veneer and a sham, and it did not bring honor to God. I want to live my life so that I bring honor to Him. I want to live my life so that I bring honor to this church. But I want to tell you, my most important principle of life is I want to bring honor to him. I don't want anything in my life that would reflect badly on my daddy. Amen. Because he's been good to me. He gave me his Holy Spirit. He poured it out in my life without measure. He washed me. He cleaned me up. He put my feet on the right path. And all he asks me to do is just act like me, be like me, live like me, think like me. Well, I don't know how to do that. Then you need the renewing of your mind. You need to get into the Word. You need the Word to get in you. And you need to let that become so much a part of your life that it just comes out naturally. It's not forced out. You see, a lot of people, the only reason they do the things they do in the separation from the world is because somebody told them to. And that's why it doesn't mean anything to them. And that's why as soon as they get a chance, they throw it to the curb. But it also costs them, costs them dearly. The reason I live the way I live tonight is because I have been called by a holy God. And I want to live like my Father. Amen. Let's stand together. Thank you for being here tonight. What a great opportunity always to come and get into the Word of God. I challenge you. Get a Bible. Get your phone. There's Bible apps. Type in the word holy. Type in the word separate and see how many times the word refers to that. And look at why God calls us to be that way. It's not just so we would be oddballs in the world. It's because we would reflect Him and literally live The best life
0: there is to live, it doesn't get any better than this, other than to be translated. Amen.
1: Praise God. Father, we love you tonight. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your people. I pray, God, you'll be with us. Strengthen us, Lord, and go before us. We ask you, God, to guide our steps and direct our paths and bring us back again, Lord, for a time of worship and praise and we ask that you do it all in your wonderful name. That name above every name. The name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. 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 God bless you. remember, this Saturday at 3 o'clock, we have our annual crawfish boil and shrimp boil. Uh, all we're asking is that you come, enjoy it, make a donation. Our men are going to be preparing the food. Our ladies, if you want to bring a dessert, you can. But at 3 o'clock, invite your family, your friends, and we're going to have a great time around here. I think they've got about 400 pounds of crawfish and 100 pounds of shrimp and potatoes and corn and a lot of great fellowship. 3 o'clock Saturday afternoon, you're welcome to come this Memorial Day weekend. Love you folks. God bless you tonight.